Recorded live. Welcome to the weekly Lawfully Yours Talk Show Call. My name is Al Whitney, and I am the founder of the website AntiCorruptionSociety.com and the host of the In Defense of Humanity program on Republic Broadcasting Network. My show airs on Sunday evenings at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and everyone is invited to join in. Uh, in October 2014, the com released its first edition of Lawfully Yours, the People's Empowerment Guide to Our Corporate Commercial Legal System. It can be located on the Anti-Corruption Society website by selecting the Lawfully Yours tab at the top of the page. Since its release, 46,000 people have viewed the Lawfully Yours page and countless others have downloaded the guide or ordered spiral-bound copies. If you haven't yet read the guide, please do so. It lays out a bit of American history that was not in our history books regarding the transformation of the United States from a constitutional republic into the corporate commercial enterprise it is today. For all practical purposes, the law of the land in America is the law merchant or the Uniform Commercial Code. There is an explanation as to how this came about on the anticorruptionsociety.com website in the article, The Real Law of the Land in America, with excerpts by attorney Melvin Stamper, author of an absolute must-read book called Fruit from a Poisonous Tree. If you wish to familiarize yourself with the general provisions of the Uniform Commercial Code, go to the anticorruptionsociety.com website, click on the Source Documents tab at the top, and scroll down to the item named UCC Article 1 General Provisions. The UCC is the law of contracts which is why they are superior to any other form of law in our courts. This system of law is based on A, signed contracts or agreements, and B, presumption of facts. Tonight is the third in a series of calls designed to discuss the multiple strategies laid out in the Lawfully Yours Guide. Uh, we posted that tonight we were going to talk about the uh, letter of death validation, and it just so happens I was in a conversation about invalid debt with two different people today, just today. So it's ongoing. One of them, it was about a student loan, um, and I'm trying to think, and the other was about a credit card. So what we have here in the United States is we have credit being sold, Okay, we have accounts being sold to collection agencies. Um, In many cases, the agencies pay pennies on the dollar for the account information, and they proceed then to collect the money. Not all of these contracts are, are valid, and that's the key. That is absolutely the key to see if there is a valid claim against you. Before I read the letter, I do want to offer this bit of uh, information for those who have missed it, there's a wonderful website, um, Get Out of Debt Free, that you can go to. And this is out of the UK. 
And this is a wonderful man. He's done a couple videos. You go to his website. He's got information. And the whole idea is he absolutely refuses to pay debt collectors without challenging whether or not it's a valid debt. And he has succeeded many, 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 many times. There's also another program on TalkShoe, and I believe it's called the Dallas Debt Discussion. You can probably do a search for TalkShoe-Dallas Debt Discussion. That's weekly calls on Monday nights with Dave and Terry. And they talk, uh, this is where this letter actually originated from those people in their work. They're wonderful people. So if debt is your problem, I strongly recommend that you start listening to their program. They have all kinds of strategies and ways to help you that um, you're not going to find, I don't think, in any other place. But they gave us this letter. We, we were happy and grateful for it because this is the beginning. If someone is claiming that there is a debt that you owe, you start with a letter of debt evaluation. I'm going to read it now, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, it's real important as part of your paper trail. So we have a template of this on the Lawfully Yours page. Scroll down and get Word doc templates, which would allow you to take it. It's already typed up and put in your own personal information, and then you can send it out yourself. Okay? So this is a freebie. Um, and if you don't know how to write a business letter, we've written it for you. So at the top, you, uh, you put the date. Then you put your first and last name only, your street address, your city, state, and zip. Then is the employee name of the company that is trying to collect the debt from you, the department, the company name, their address, and their city, state, and zip. And here's the body of the letter. Dear Mr. Bluehoo, this letter is not a refusal to pay, but a notice sent pursuant to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, 15 U.S.C., Section 1681, that your claim is disputed and validation is requested. This is not a request for verification or proof of my mailing address but a request for validation made pursuant to the above-named title and section. I respectfully request that your offices provide me with competent evidence that I have any legal obligation to pay you. Please provide me with the following. What the money you say I owe is for, Explain and show me how you specifically calculated the entire amount of what you say I owe. Provide me with copies of any and all papers that show I agreed to pay what you say I owe to include original signatures. Identify the original creditor. Provide me with a copy of any judgment you say gives you the right to collect anything from me. If your offices are able to provide the proper documentation as requested, I will require at least 30 days after receipt to investigate this information, and during such time, all collection activities must cease and desist. 
If your offices fail to respond to this validation request within 30 days from the date of your receipt, all references to this account must be deleted and completely removed, removed from my credit files, and a copy of such deletion request shall be sent to me immediately. Upon proper validation, until proper validation is provided, you are, again, to cease all collection efforts. I would also like to request in writing that no telephone contact be made by your office to my home or to my place of employment. If your offices attempt telephone communications with me, including but not limited to computer-generated calls and calls or correspondence sent to or with any third parties, it will be considered harassment. All future communications with me must be done in writing and sent to the address noted in this letter by U.S. Postal Service. It would be advisable that you assure that your records are in order before I am forced to take legal action. This is an attempt to correct your records. Any information obtained shall be used for that purposes. Respectfully, then your signature, your name, first name, last name, sent by certified mail, and at the bottom it states, notice the agent is noticed to principal, notice the principal is noticed to agent. Now, I have used this letter on my daughter's behalf with a student loan, and it was interesting, the response we got. We were having a hard time getting a payoff figure on her loan. And we would request this loan history, and we would not, our request would be ignored. And we did this again and again and again. So finally, the Direct Student Loan Service Center turned her account over to a collection agency, and we were notified by the collection agency that they had acquired the account. So since we were unable to get the, the uh, loan history and an accurate balance with the originator of the loan, which would be the Department of Education, which hires a corporation called Direct Student Loan Service Center, I believe is the name, um, we asked this credit agency, would you give us um, a debt validation, validate the amount of the debt? And they didn't respond. Not, we didn't hear a word from them. Not a word. We sent them a second letter. Again, not a word. Now, on some level, that was an admission on their part that there was no valid debt. At the time, we weren't really sure how to handle that, so we kind of set it aside, and we felt that they might have dropped the account because they couldn't validate it and chose not to, to communicate that to us. So um, a period of time went by. Later, I found out that when they assign these student loans to credit agencies, they have a year to try to collect from you. Meanwhile, of course, we didn't pay them any money. It's real important that when there's a debt in question that you do not pay them any money whatsoever because that would be getting back into a contract with them. And they will frequently say, well, I don't know, we, it's in dispute, but well, how much could you send us? Could you send us $10? I've seen this done so many times. And if you send that $10, you are now back in contract with them, and you're in a much worse position. In fact, 
um, basically you've uh, made the contract it, that could have been inactive, you've activated it. So we sent no money. A year went by, and lo and behold, the, the student loan people turned the loan over to another collection agency. And we get a letter from collection agency number two. And we use the same process, this debt validation letter. We sent it out two different times, and we got nothing back. We were very suspicious, again, as to why they weren't responding and why they weren't dismissing the debt since they couldn't validate it. So our student loan story takes kind of a sideways turn here that is very uncommon to most people, but this concept of getting debt validation is so important. It's important not to talk to the people who are trying to collect a debt on you on the phone because they record those calls. You can end up accidentally making a verbal contract with them that they will record. So you cannot speak to them on the phone when you start questioning whether or not this is a valid debt. That's the end of all conversations with them or any of their representatives, and everything from that point needs to go in writing. This is where you get your paper trail. Certified letters, you save copies. Again, what you're doing is you're challenging whether or not it's a valid debt. Now, in many cases, and the student loan situation is unique, but in many cases, if you ask to have the debt validated and they cannot validate the debt, then you can use this letter and there as evidence, okay, you send it certified, you signed it, you've got the address, they have no evidence that they ever responded. You have no evidence that you got a response. So you would use this letter and another letter to send to the credit company, the, the credit rating companies, saying that this is not a valid debt. Please remove it from my credit rating. Attached is my evidence. I contacted these people two times, asking them to validate that this debt is something I truly own. They could not do it. They did not do it. Therefore, please remove it from my credit report. This is an important tool. People don't really understand, I think, how to deal with these debts that they get us into and they sucker us into. And then they sell them to third parties. And I'll tell you what, the whole student loan, credit card, car loan, during that whole mess with the meltdown in 2008, we all discovered that they had securitized, meaning they had packaged together multiple kinds of debt, mortgage debt with credit card debt with student loan debt into what they called tranches. And they sold those as investment bundles on Wall Street. So the question then became, well, who owes the debt and who do you pay? I mean, they created such a nightmare. To use this kind of debt validation letter couldn't be more appropriate in the wake of the big securitization nightmare that started in our country in the late 90s and just blasted its way through the early 2000s. So I recommend this letter. Um, I recommend that phone call. This has not been my primary focus. I have worked with a couple people, including people in my own family, trying to educate people on the importance.
importance of validating a debt when you get a bill that you have any question about whatsoever. And credit card companies are biggies. Um, there are many people that say they, they never loaned you any money anyway. The bank just creates the money out of midair. I'm not sure I disagree with that. But at the same time, if they can't validate the debt, um, you can say you don't have the evidence necessary to to enforce an agreement. So it could be, it's more likely than not a two-stager. First you ask for the validation. When they can't provide it, then your next step is to write up a letter to the credit agency telling them to remove it because it's not a valid debt. And you save copies of everything. So I'm hoping this was helpful um, to people. I don't know if they have, if anyone has any questions or comments. Are there any questions or comments on debt validation? I unmuted everybody. Okay, well that's good. So apparently, um, I explained it fairly well that there are no no questions. It's it is important, and I I hope people will get lawfully yours. We we have put some new strategies in there, and um, we we update them all the time. People need to know that there's a group working on these strategies. They're listed in the front of the guide. It is not just my idea. I am part of the group. I call them the fellows, our fellows. I'm part of the group, and I am the primary typist. Um, but other people look at the information, and they make suggestions and changes, and so it is a collaboration of a lot more than just me. As I said, this debt validation letter came from the people on Dalit Desk Discussion, which have their own talk show program. And I thought it was brilliant. I asked if I could use it, and they said, absolutely. If it doesn't work, they even have more strategies. So if you're in debt, don't just sit back and um, worry about it. Start educating yourself because it may be an invalid debt it may be a debt that you don't truly owe, and there may be some things you can do about it. Um, certainly, it's absolutely important that you try. Don't These people have gotten so parasitic from the people on Dalit debt discussion. They are saying that we even have zombie credit cards, and I've seen evidence of that, where someone's buying credit card numbers, even though the accounts may be closed, and they're sending out letters to the the individuals who name the account was originally in. They call them zombie credit card debt. And my son-in-law <coughs> got a letter. The account had been closed for 10 years. They sent him a letter saying he owed $2,000 on his credit card. So people need to be very, very, very aware that there is a scam ongoing if you haven't been hit by it, great. But if you're ready, um, you're not going to be a victim of it. So if there are no other questions, I think I've covered the concept of debt validation. And I invite you all to join us next week, and I will be going into the Notice of Condition Precedent, which is a, another real important document and process to understand we are in a commercial 
system. Our government's a commercial system. What we have now is a marriage between public and private. They call it public-private partnerships. The government is partnering with private corporations. All the processes are based on corporate contracts. And if people question that, they have to go back and read the Clearfield Doctrine. Again, that's on the source document page of Lawfully Yours. And the Clearfield Doctrine stated way back in 19, I believe, 42, a Supreme Court decision stated very clearly that if the government is using a private commercial script, which is what the Federal Reserve Note is, it is a private commercial currency. It is not the United States. It says right on it, the Federal Reserve, Federal Reserve Note, because the dollar is actually a private script. Script. Um, all of the government entities are bound by contract law. They're not using sovereign money. They're using private commercial currency. So every one of them is bound by contract law, and that's important to remember. If you get something from the Department of Education, you're receiving it from the Department of Education, Inc. Anything they send you is all about corporate contracts. So once you get that figured out and stop thinking that we have a sovereign government anymore, because we haven't had one for a very long time, at least since 1933, some people say even longer ago than that. But in 1933, when FDR confiscated the people's gold, gave him the Federal Reserve note, and the dollar had a new emblem on it that said New World Order in Latin, that was the beginning of the commercial entity that is now the United States, Inc. And it has only grown since. So we're dealing with corporates. That's it. And that's what lawfully yours is. It's a, it's a people's guide to our corporate commercial government. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, unless someone has some comment or question, I think uh, I've pretty much covered what I wanted to for the evening. Any questions or comments? Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in, and hopefully you'll tune in again next week. Good night.